What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Josh, are you a big, respectful golf fan? Uh, I grew up playing a little golf until... Wait, Josh, 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 Josh. If you're going to be respectful, we've got to whisper. <laughs> so are you a respectful golf fan? Oh, that's right. Uh, I see someone teeing up right now. Uh, I used to play a little golf. But I like it. I like yeah. how much more to bet on it than play it. I understand. You know, it's really stupid, though. We're nowhere near a golf course and we're whispering. So let's hurry up and get to the everything guide and do this right. It's the Everything Guide to Sports Betting, and of course, as always, my contribution is some bad comedy to open the episode. I've come through once again, Ron Flatter here, Josh Applebaum will try to steer this thing straight. Bad comedy? Where would you rate this in all the episodes we've done? No, I think that was a great start right there. I thought you were going to go with some Happy Gilmore, it's all in the hips or something. I don't know where you're going with that, but uh, good start, Ron, as always. That's right. You could have Bob Barker cold cock me at some point during all of this, and we could have the whole golf scene right there. But golf is a sport that really is growing in terms of betting. And while it might be a niche sport for some who are watching it, and there is certainly a demographic that has the appeal to advertisers, and you can see that clearly when you see who is advertising on a golf tournament, when it comes to betting, this thing seems to have no ceiling. Yeah, golf, you know, has really been growing uh, in recent years because it started off as, again, it's still kind of a niche sport, but it's getting more and more popular and used to be back in the day that you only really paid attention to golf when it was one of the four majors. So either the Masters, obviously that's your Super Bowl of golf, but the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, the PGA Championship, 
But really the key here is that golf is bet pretty much year-round. You have almost 50 events to bet on throughout the PGA Tour season. So there's there's tournaments all the time, starting on a Thursday, going to Sunday. You have multiple days uh, to put in your bets and sweat all these different uh, you know tournaments overall. But really it's growing and growing, and it's great to have uh, Wes Reynolds on today. VEASAN golf expert, host of the show Long Shots on VEASAN, great uh, contributor to Point Spread Weekly. So today we're going to focus on golf. We're going to talk about different bet types to focus on because it's not always the ones that you may think. There are others that provide a lot of value. So you got to know the different ways to bet golf. Um, we're going to offer some tips along the way uh, today, Ron. So I'm looking forward to it. Let's get it. Let's bring in the aforementioned Wes Reynolds. And Wes, how is it that you got into golf? Was it your time in school at Indiana, or was it before that, or how? Just how is it that you went from being maybe just a casual watcher to being one of the top golf experts in terms of betting on the sport? Yeah, I, I actually got into it uh, when I was a, a teenager, basically in the uh, early '90s. Uh, kind of when, uh, if you remember back when Fred Couples was the number one player in the world, and uh, that got me into it. And I started caddying uh, for some uh, extra money in the summer, and uh, took up the game i've been kind of in and out of the game for the better part of 25 years where i would play for a while and then i'd get out of it and then i'd go back into it but i've always loved the sport and uh i just uh, i mean look it, it provides the drama as it did this past sunday uh it, it provides the drama with uh the playoff you had with colin marikawa and justin thomas at the workday charity open and i i just like i like the game because I think it shows not only the best, but also the worst. When you see the best in the world hit bad shots, you're like, you feel a lot better about yourself because it's like, <laughs> well, I can't pin it to within five feet on a par five with a 200 plus yard long iron like Colin Marikawa can, but I can hit it in the trees like he does on the next hole. So it makes you feel better about yourself because it makes, maybe makes you think, hey, I'm not that far away from these guys, even though we really are. Yeah, by the way, Josh, we should note we recorded this back in July of 2020, depending on when you're listening to this, so that playoff might <laughs> not have been as fresh in your mind as it might be. Although, as we were recording this, it was fresh in all of ours, Josh. <laughs> That's true, and Wes, it's so great to have you on today because uh, you do fantastic work at VEASAN, hosting long shots. Highly recommend subscribing to Point Spread Weekly, where uh, Wes will break down a lot of his golf picks. He does a great job. But, uh, Wes, kind of just going through golf overall, I think it's important anytime – you're talking a sport that may, maybe isn't one of the big major popular sports. You got to know the golf bet types available to you because it's a little different than other sports. So let's just start off with kind of the most popular one, maybe not the best one, but outright winners. So basically that's when you can bet on uh, any player to win the entire tournament, whatever it may be. So maybe Bryson DeChambeau is plus a thousand. He's the favorite to win a golf tournament on the PGA Tour. You risk 100, you win 1,000 if he wins it all. Uh, maybe Dustin Johnson's plus 1,800, a longer shot. Justin Rose plus 5,000, whatever these lines may be. But, uh, Wes, can you just speak to kind of outright winners? How do you approach outright winners? Um, are you looking to kind of pick a longer shot, pick a couple of them, try to uh, you know cash big on a, on a small uh, amount of money you got to put up front? But can you just talk about outright winners and how you approach them, generally speaking? Yeah, Josh, what I usually do is just, uh, and what I would recommend, I guess, to newer betters that are maybe kind of dabbling into golf uh, currently is 
look basically at a couple different things when you're looking to try to project an outright winner. Look at course form, if they've played previous events over the years in a given tournament and how they fared, and then look at recent form. Guys that have come in playing well, whether they have made a bunch of cuts in a row or they've had a bunch of top 10s or top 25s. So usually on recent form, you're going to at least get a guy close. you got to also balance that with not being necessarily a prisoner of the moment, which is probably one of the hardest things for a sports better to do in any sport. I think that's universal, not just in golf, not just in football or basketball, what have you. Betters like to bet always what they saw last, and you can't always do that. It's a different week, so it's like, okay, you have a guy that wins the tournament the week before, so I want to come right back on it. It is very rare with as many competitors as you have on the PGA Tour and how deep the talent is in the world of golf. It is very rare that you're going to get guys that win just a bunch in a row because people, I think, recall what Tiger Woods did in the mid-2000s. Well, we're probably never going to see anything like that for a really long time because, A, the talent has gotten deeper. B, you're talking about arguably the greatest player ever to play the game. So you're not going to see that dominance necessarily week to week. So in terms of win bets, too, I like to spread it out a little bit where I'm not taking all short prices, where I'm not taking all favorites. I'm not taking all 8-to-1s, 10-to-1s, 15-to-1s, where, you know, I may have a guy in the 10-to-20 range, but I've got a couple guys in the 30-to-40-to-50 to to range, and then maybe throw in kind of a long bomb where it's a, a triple digit to one shot. And you can also do that from a win bet, and then I'll extend on that in terms of going like top five props, top ten props top 20 props. Now, here in Las Vegas, not all of the books offer that on a weekly basis. They may offer it more for the majors or like the players' championships, some of the bigger tournaments. But they don't allow it or they don't do it week to week on PGA Tour events. So that's another way to do it where you can split up your money where it's like, hey, I didn't get the guy that won, but he finished on the first page of the leaderboard. So if you bet a prop, you at least got something out of it. I think it's a great point, Wes, because first off, you got to remember the field with these events is massive, so it's going to be tough to pick the one guy who's going to win it all. I think a lot of new bettors, almost kind of like with that parlay mentality, you know, they want to bet one guy at a long shot price and cash that big ticket overall. But uh, these are definitely difficult to win, harder to win, but obviously bigger payouts. Uh, and I'm glad you touched on, you know, to place bets because that's another way to bet golf. You can bet on whether a golfer will finish in the top five, the top 10, the top 20, depending on where it's available in terms of sports books. So those are smaller payouts. They're obviously uh, much easier to win overall. Um, but Wes, I wanted to talk to you about matchups because this is something where, you know, uh, you know, kind of when you're getting into golf, you don't really know a lot of new betters that this bet exists. And, you know, kind of over time, you kind of realize that a lot of pros lean on matchups. So these are head-to-head player matchup odds. Uh, the books will compile compile the matchups. Maybe Rory McIlroy is a minus 150 favorite head-to-head versus Justin Spieth, plus 125, you know, and you can bet on who will finish uh, higher in the full tournament overall and who will win that matchup. So uh, obviously not huge payouts here, but another way to attack and to bet golf. But can you talk about, you know, do you like betting matchups? Do you see value there? Because I really think, you know, especially if you're a new better, focus on matchups much more than outright winners. I think you'll uh, you'll kind of pad your bankroll much easier. 
Yeah, I agree with you on that, Josh. And basically what you were saying is true. Matchups essentially work like what you would see in your stick and ball sports in terms of money line. It works very similar to a baseball money line or hockey in terms of a money line where you're not necessarily laying a point spread with juice attached to it like you are in the NFL where it's like, okay, this team's a seven-point favorite minus 110. So you can see various money lines as, as you provided in your example. And the one thing about matchups is you got to beat one guy. You don't have to beat the entire field or you don't have to finish in the top 10. I mean, you'll win matchups sometimes where both players will miss the cut going into the weekend. I'm speaking mainly of a 72-hole matchup here for the full tournament. Well, you'll have a guy that misses the cut, but if he finishes ahead of that guy before the cut is made, you've won that matchup. So I tend to focus a little bit more on the 72-hole matchups simply because there's more margin for error. If you struggle the first 18 holes on a Thursday, usually when a PGA Tour event is going to start, you still got time to catch up. You still, I mean, when it's 18 holes, just round by round matchup, it's really one and done. And you get a lot more variance, I think, in an 18 hole matchup, uh, which you could do the first, second, third, or fourth round. You get more variance in that type of matchup than you do over 18 holes. And then that's where you're looking in terms of your handicapping. One of the things I do, it's not always 100%, nothing is in this bracket, but. I usually look to see if I'm ever going round by round, if a guy was really hot with his putter on a certain round, let's say he was hot in the second round on Friday and gained like five strokes game putting, which is outstanding on the green. Usually, at least more often than not, that's going to regress over to the next round or the following round after that. So that's what I try to, I try to look at because I'm a big believer that Good ball striking is always going to stay more true and more pure than good putting. You can have a hot putting day one day and then the very next day not be able to make anything. And that's just, that's not even with just professionals. That's just with normal players. So that's why I try to stick to the 72 holes. And I try, if I'm going round by round, I try to exploit that variance because putting is going to have more variance, I think, than approach shots or ball striking in general. Some great intel, intel there, Wes. And, you know, we've kind of gone through our different golf bet types. We talked about outright winners uh, to place, top five, top 10, top 20. We just hit on matchups. Uh, how about some props, Wes? You know, we talk about uh, everyone loves their prop bets. You know, the Super Bowl is obviously the biggest prop bet time of year, but just props in general are really popular, especially with, you know, recreational bettors, bettors who want to bet for fun, open up new betting opportunities. So um, you have options like, you know, over under a specific player, you know, will they shoot over under Phil Mickelson, a 69 and a half, you know, the top golfer by who, uh, where do they hail from in terms of the country? You can bet on that an American an Englishman, a Spaniard. Will there be a hole in one? We obviously saw on gambling Twitter recently, um, a better cashed a huge play on Colin Morikawa workday charity open. They risked, uh, $4,000 at plus 5,000. He would be the first round leader. They won 200 K. Um, but just in general, West, when you're talking props, do you kind of push to the side and say that's a, you know, for fun bet for quote unquote, the public. And I, I kind of stay away from that. Or do you ever isolate or find value betting on props in golf? Well, it really depends, Josh, in terms of uh, which book or sports books, as it were, that you place your bets at, because the prop markets are going to be 
more sophisticated for the bigger events being the major championships or maybe a couple of the WGC events or the players championships. Uh, your example for the Super Bowl is a good one. Uh, there's a, obviously a hell of a lot more props in the Super Bowl than there is maybe for a divisional round playoff game or any regular season games because it's one event because it's not like an average NFL week where you got 14 or 15 games on the board where you probably can't put up all of those props and be able to keep track of them. So you're going to see more props, at least in the Las Vegas market. Now there's more in some faraway places and then some overseas markets. Uh, you're going to have certain amount of props and some of the ones that you indicated you're going to have, you know, it's going to be by nationality. Who's going to be the low European? at the masters who's going to be the low amateur who's going to be the low asian player obviously taking into account japan china south korea thailand all the countries in the continent that have players represented in a given field so you're going to have those you're also going to have by score is tiger woods going to shoot over under 69 and a half so if it shoots 69 or better, you win. If you if you if you've taken the, the under for that score, and obviously 69 and a half or more, you're going to lose. And then you also look at make or miss cut props, and you'll see a lot of those in major championships as, as we get to approach through the rest of the year with the U.S. Open and the PGA and the Masters. So you're going to have, I just think, more of an inventory and more of a menu in which to bet. So. I don't really do those for general boilerplate PGA Tour, European Tour events, simply because not a lot of it is offered. Now, it's, I treat it just like I do for props in the Super Bowl. I'm obviously going to bet more because there's more available. But I'm going to be a little bit more conservative doing that. And I think as you get more experience in terms of betting golf, then you can really dabble into those markets. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Wes, especially, you know, you're a seasoned vet here, wise guy, and just knowing the field and knowing the sport, knowing the players involved in the courses, I think that's really key. And with that experience, you'll be able to uh, kind of branch out more and expand your betting menu overall. Um, but yeah, we talked about all the golf bet types, Wes. Now let's kind of uh, some basic stuff. I, I know it's a little bit hard, but if you're talking to someone who's looking to bet uh, on golf, maybe for the first time, they're not nearly at your level, but they want to get in on the action betting golf. Um, what are some basic things that you should look for when you're handicapping a match? I mean, you you hit on the great point of course form versus recent form. Um, you can look at There's a lot of stats out there anywhere or any basic things you would point uh, to new golfers. What should they look at? What should they look for when they're deciding either who to bet on in a matchup or maybe to place an outright winner, maybe stats you lean on or just things in general to keep an eye out for course form and recent form, I think are the basic two foundations for more of a novice or a less experienced better in golf. But when you mentioned statistics, the statistics that I more often rely on, and it's going to obviously depend on the course. At some courses, maybe driving distance is more important than others. But by and large, most weeks, I'm going to be looking at more of the ball striking statistics. I'm going to be looking at greens and regulation. I'm going to be looking at strokes gained approach. I'm going to be looking at strokes gained tee to green, those type of statistics. Because like I said earlier, Putting is so kind of uh, hit and miss. I mean, good putters are usually going to stay good putters, 
and bad putters more often than not stay bad putters, but you have more weeks of variance than you do with ball striking. Certain guys are always going to be good off the tee. If they're going to hit it long, like you look at uh, uh, Bryson DeChambeau for just this current season, he's obviously bulked up and he's, he's absolutely killing the ball off the tee. So he's going to be a big hitter. And driving distance is never necessarily a disadvantage. But it gets focused on because, look, we all want to get on the tee just as a player and hit it as hard and as far as we can. But distance is never a disadvantage, but it's not always an advantage. So it gets mitigated because I always like to look at the second shots because the closer you get to the pin, the more likely you're going to make the putt. So that's why you're looking at, at guys that gain strokes on their approach shots and guys that can get out of trouble maybe if they hit it in the first cut of rough off the tee so those are like the basic stats like I don't think if as a new better you want to get too knee deep in the weeds in terms of okay what's this guy from the proximity to the hole from 125 to 150 yards that's really getting I think too far in the minutia if you're if you're a new better that just wants to bet a couple matchups and maybe a couple outrights on a given week in terms of being a new better, Wes, I'm looking at the arbitrage factor, the return on investment questions that come up whenever you're betting with these long odds in sports. I do so in horse racing, where I will bet maybe 10 horses in Kentucky Derby futures generally at not anything shorter than 100 to 1. Do you have a rule of thumb at the risk of trying to make everything a perfect lab sample with no differences from one tournament or one golfer to the next. But do you have a rule of thumb where you say, okay, if I bet a bunch of hundred to ones and I have 10 of them, well, at the very least I'm getting 10 to one back based on my initial investment, or does it really vary from tournament to tournament? Ron, it really does vary from tournament to tournament. And I'll use your example in terms of the Derby futures. When you're betting those big prices, that's before a lot of these, uh, I don't necessarily want to call them tune-up races because they're big events, but usually you're probably betting these futures before the Santa Anita Derby runs, for example, or the Arkansas Derby or uh, the race down at Gulfstream or the Tampa Bay Derby, the usual prep races that you would have on a normal prep for the Triple Crown schedule. Well, all of a sudden you get a horse that wins by six or seven lengths at the Santa Anita Derby. Well, you've got a lot better price now at triple digits than being – you know, five to one now when, when, the, when the horse gets cut. So it varies so much week to week, I think, Ron. I mean, usually a few times a year, you're going to get, to use your horse racing example, you're going to get a, a favorite that, win, that wins outright. Uh, you're going to get somebody like a Bryson DeChambeau that wins a tournament at six to one, where he's clearly the odds-on favorite, which is basically like being a two to five in a, in a horse race. So... Sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to get that. But the chalky guys don't win every single week. And it varies in terms of guys play different schedules. Uh, Tiger Woods is the most perfect example of this. This is a guy that even when he was on his run in the mid-2000s, only played maybe 18 or 20 events a year. He wasn't out there playing four or five weeks in a row and was a lot more picky with his schedule. And then you have certain players that are going to play 30 to 32 events out of a 52-week year. So you really got to look. Golf is more, I think, of a market thing. Now, that takes a little bit of time to learn when you're really looking at the market because people are just going to bet players. They're not going to necessarily bet market. 
they're going to say, oh, this guy's a really good player, so I'm going to bet him regardless of price. You still have to be a little bit price sensitive, but that takes a lot of time to learn. Well, we learned a lot today. I'm just listening to you talk about uh, such things as uh, what bets to make in what circumstances and the whole idea of a 72-hole versus 18-hole bet. I learned a lot just from that, Josh. I don't know about you, but I was taking notes on this, and it's the old thing with a podcast. You can always hit rewind. But in my mind, I've got that note, and that was, if I took nothing from this, that was a big one. So, Josh, uh, I'll let you turn our guest loose. I'll let you say, do the formal goodbye. No, Wes, thanks so much. I always love talking golf with Wes. I always learn something new every time I hear Wes talk golf. So, um, golf, tell the, uh, Wes, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter, and if they want to learn more about golf, where do they get your takes and uh, and breakdowns? Okay, uh, Twitter account is at Wes Reynolds, and then the number one. And also, uh, as part of the recent programming lineup, I am the co-host with Brady Cannon and uh, Matt Humans makes some appearances when it comes to major championships on our show called Long Shots, which uh, currently is airing at midnight Eastern Standard Time on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Uh, we may have a change in the schedule when the uh, when uh, we get more sports back and as we get later into yeah. the fall and closer to the majors. But you can always catch it, too, at vcin.com. We have the link up there, the uh, a YouTube link, a video link, and Look at vcin.com. That'll tell you all the platforms where the show is going to be available. You're the best, Wes. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate the time. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about betting the majors and big tournaments as Josh and I will continue here on The Everything Guide. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever 
you get your podcast. With Josh Applebaum, Ron Flatter here on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting VSIN podcast. So there are more lessons to learn, and while we did get a good deal of help in our conversation with Wes, we still have a few other things, odds and ends, especially for beginning bettors, because Josh, folks are going to be gravitating all the time to majors, to big events, to the Ryder Cup, the Players' Championship, certain tournaments, and you can maybe count them on one hand or two hands during the course of a year, you know that they're going to get extra betting attention. And certainly in the days when Tiger Woods was playing at his prime, even in his later career, you could say anything that Tiger showed up for was going to get a lot of betting attention. So in that respect... How do you bet these tournaments, especially those where the betting opens long before they start even thinking about tee times? Yeah, so Ron, what I think is important there is, you know, guys like Wes who are grinding the PGA all season long, they're betting uh, all these smaller tournaments that maybe don't get all the fanfare and the hype. But um, as we talk about betting just in general, you know, we always talk about going contrarian and looking at where the public is. And really, you can only do that in golf when it comes to the majors, when it comes to the U.S. Open, when it comes to the matches, when it comes to these big matchups overall. So one thing I would look at is, you know, kind of weigh the the golf tournament that you're betting on. If it's one of these big four majors, the you know, or the Ryder Cup that gets a lot of action. To me, that's when really monitoring line movement can really come into play because if you start to see you know first off you're gonna have a lot of those favorites who like Rory McIlroy you know maybe are plus 700 plus 800 they're obviously uh you know not a a great payout overall but they're gonna be hammered by a lot of recreational bettors who are gonna want to bet just those big name players that they know so even though they're great a lot of times they can be a little bit overvalued in these big big tournaments overall one thing I would look at is you know, these majors, especially that get a lot of action, look at line movement. Maybe there's some mid-tier players who are 20 to 1 down to 14 to 1 or 30 to 1 down to 25 to 1. To me, that's when line movement can really be meaningful because that may tell you that, you know, sharps are kind of not really leaning on those big favors that the public loves, but they're seeing some of those mid-tier players too who, who uh, can give you an insight into where sharp action is. And then maybe you know, you can get into a situation where you hedge later on a guy you you uh, had to win the tournament or finish, you know, top five. Maybe he's neck and neck at the end and on, on a Sunday and you can maybe live bet. You know, that's a whole new thing mm-hmm. going on right now. So to me, I think the long story short there is, you know, make sure you're approaching these tournaments differently because they're not you're it's not always going to be the masters with a ton of action. You have these smaller tournaments as well. So just make sure you're aware of that going into it. Also, you can get caught on a slippery slope because there's so many temptations, whether it's live betting or even just going into a tournament that does have a high profile. Yeah, that's really, really key. And again, that always gets it. We should have a 10 commandments of the everything guide podcast, Ron. One of them (laughs) is don't bet too many plays. Don't go crazy. You know, there's so many the field is so massive and it's a multi-day event and you can just have lots of bets that really get stacked up. And that's sometimes where you get in trouble because when you have too many plays to bet on, uh, what you're doing is basically assuming more risk overall. So, again, just make sure you're really limiting your plays to what you perceive as having the best value overall. Yeah, if we're talking Ten Commandments, do not wager thy neighbor's ox. Uh, <laughs> how about some of the resources we can look at? I mean, Wes was talking about some of the really nerdy sort of nuances that you can find in statistics. But then if you step back, there's a real handy one, the OWGR, which... Wow, that sounds like a radio station in (laughs) Toronto. OWGR now with latest traffic and weather. But OWGR means something uh, completely different than that. 
It does. Yeah, Ron, you know, I got, you know, into golf kind of later in my betting career. And I one site that really helped me was the OWGR.com. So that's the official world golf ranking website. And really, I kind of compare it a little bit to like Ken Palm, Ken Pomeroy, when you're betting on Mm -hmm. college basketball. But it's just a great resource. It's a very basic, easy to access resource online, OWGR.com. And what it does is it provides you a lot of really accurate and predictive statistics. So it really uh, you know, keeps a running list of all the best players, basically with their rankings, their ratings overall. It's kind of a really high-powered power ranking system. And what it does, what I like, is that it doesn't just tell you, okay, who's the best golfer, who's the worst golfer with this massive field, but it tells you who's playing well recently. But also I love a metric where it tells you who is improving the most over uh, about a one- or two-year span overall. And I was doing some research where – Um, On OWGR, uh, top 15 OWGR players ranked in the top 15, they win about 33% of tournaments over the last few years. So a lot of your winners are going to come from this upper echelon of, you know, top 15 OWGR rated golfers. So there's a lot of different, um, you know, angles and tabs to that website. But to me, that's one that you really got to, you know, check mark on your laptop and go to. And it's a great resource uh, to take advantage of in golf. There's another metric that you've discovered, too, and I liken it to the war, the wins against replacement in baseball, and this is the strokes gained. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, Wes hit on this a little bit, and strokes gained. So it was created in 2011 by Mark Brody, um, and it's basically become the go-to statistic for a lot of golfers. And it's kind of an underground gem, and I, I'm glad you uh, liken it to war, Ron, because uh, then you go like Corsi and hockey. There's these like sabermetric right. ter- terms that catch on. Yeah, and they, they're really, really predictive, and I think that's great about you know, betting on sports uh, at, at the time that we're in here, there's so many advanced analytics you can take advantage of. The problem is you don't really know which ones are predictive, which ones aren't, which ones to lean on and which ones to kind of uh, not put all your ducks in, uh, you know, all your eggs in one basket to bet on. But uh, this is one that you really want to focus on. A lot of sharp, wise guy golf bettors really, really lean on this statistic. Um, and what it does is it's calculated uh, using shot link which is PGA's real-time oh, yeah. scoring scoring system. Yeah, and it's really, really cool, Ron. So uh, another website to, to bookmark after OWGR.com, very basic, very easy, PGATour.com. They're going to have these strokes gain statistics. And what it does is basically it measures uh, your uh, the performance of every golfer versus the field. And what it'll do is it'll look at strokes gain off the tee, the approach to the green, around the green, and it compiles all this information. And then it tells you, how much better or worse any golfer is kind of compared to the field overall. So that's one statistic where if you have some free time, uh, read up on it, research it. Mm-hmm. If you can learn to utilize strokes strokes gained, that's going to be a huge, huge factor when you're handicapping and deciding who to bet on in golf. As we say so often in all the sports we talk about betting on, we talk about shopping, we talk about learning from your successes and failures, but In wrapping all of this up in terms of golf betting, Josh, there are some lessons that really are common sense. Common sense lessons, Ron, exactly. One is the more golf that you watch on TV, uh, the better you're going to be at knowing the field and and betting overall. So the more you bet, the better that you'll be at it. But I think one key for me is, you know, tracking all your plays. We talk about that a lot. Finding your strengths and weaknesses. Maybe you find out, man, I can never pick an outright winner but I seem to do really well when I'm betting my matchups or I'm doing pretty good when I pick, uh, you know, guys to place in the top 20 or top 10. So find out what you're good at. Lean on that. 
Um, but Ron, I have some some good uh, nuggets here. If uh, if we if I want to leave you with some nuggets about golf Ooh. history, how how good is your golf history, Ron? Uh, do I have to go back to Francis we met or anything like that? <laughs> well, the first one we know it's one of the oldest sports on the planet, right? And every everyone's dad and grandfather loves golfing. Um, but what century and in what country did golf originate, Ron? Well, there are two theories, I think, on this. The popular one would be to say the 1700s in Scotland. Am I close? Very close. 15th century, it got started um, in Scotland. Give or or take 300 (laughs) years, yes. I was only off by 300 years. I'd have to yell four and get to the parking lot to find that ball. All right. No, no, no. You're close, Ron. We'll give it to you. It was a long time ago. But I... (laughs) But what was crazy is it got so popular um, in Scotland that King James II, he banned the playing of golf in 1457 because all the guys took up golf and spent all their time playing golf, and it distracted them from, uh, this is great, uh, working on their archery and their military training. uh, So that's why he banned it. But then King James IV, he lifted the ban in 1502. He was a really avid golfer. Um, But, Ron, uh, the last one to leave leave you with, I think think you're going to get this one. What is the oldest golf course uh, known to man on planet Earth? Well, that would be St. Andrews, the Royal and Ancient St. Andrews, yes, in Scotland. You're exactly right. It was called a Lynx course back in 1574, the first 18-hole golf course in 1764. Uh, Your first tournament uh, started in Ayrshire, Scotland in 1860, the Open Championship. Um, my dad actually went there, and he called it a bucket list trip. He uh, he golfed at uh, at St Andrews, so yeah, he's got a picture on his wall and in his office. He loves it. But um, yeah, Ron, uh, great pod today. Uh, you aced your your golf history, and no, uh, any- give or take three hundred <laughs> years. <laughs> and yeah, anything you wanna you wanna leave the listeners with uh, as we uh, wrap up our golf pod here today. Well, I will say that also in 1457, the Edo Castle was built in modern day Tokyo. So. I will leave you that only because I just punched 1457 into my phone and I wanted to have something silly to end with, and I think I've succeeded. But I won't whisper it. I'll do it with a full-throated shout and do so with a reminder that uh, this is not the only sport about which you can learn about gambling. Lots of episodes of this series, so we invite you to check those out. With Josh Applebaum, I'm Ron Flatter, and you've been listening to the Everything Guide to Sports Betting vSIN podcast. Three six five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play—from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet three six five. Twenty one plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.